Why do you want to maintain your RV? The simple answer is because it's a huge investment. This is Eric Stark with the Smart RVer Podcast, delivering the smarts you need to enjoy the freedom of the RV lifestyle without the fear of breaking down. So I want to thank everybody for tuning in on the show today. It's episode number 108, and we're going to be talking about an RV as always, but digging into the why you need to maintain it. Very important. But before we get into that, let's talk about how to make friends while RVing. Now, that might sound like an interesting subject, right? Because some of us might not have any friends, and we don't want any friends. So this might not be the subject for you. But, you know, making friends while you're RVing can be a good thing. It um, doesn't necessarily mean you're going out to a campground and, you know, walking up to every RV and knocking on the door and shaking their hands and, hey, I want to be your friend, you know? little creepy, right? That's not what we're talking about. It's how to, you know, when you have friends, when you're RVing, it also makes, you're going to have more memories, better memories. You're meeting different people. They're involved in different things. So that opens up the door to, to you to new activities. And there's a lot of different group type of ways to make friends as well. This doesn't have to be one-on-one where you just happen to you know, bump into somebody at the store at the campground and you start talking and kind of have a mutual interest or you have the same RV. It's not like that. I mean, that is the one way to make friends, but it's also being part of group activities like a camping group, you know, camping groups sometimes will plan trips together. They help each other. You know, when you get there as a group, they can help you set up, take down. And you learn a lot about people when you're doing mundane tasks like that. You know, people just are talking about stuff. So you learn about them and that's what a friend is. You know, you understand them, you know them. And it doesn't mean that, you know, you have to be friends with everybody in a group. It doesn't work that way. It might just be one or two and it might be a group of 40 and there's just a couple that you click with and that's all right. You know, it's just getting to know other people when you're out RVing and even when you're at home, you know, you share your trips together, your memories. So it makes just a better way of RVing, you know, in, in going on a trip, even with, um, Maybe it's another family or relatives. See, that's all part of it. That's friends while you're RVing. Joining a group is not a, a necessity. Like I said, you know, family and friends can become a great way as well. But when you're out RVing, you know, you're sharing something in common. If you make a friend, you find these friendships, they develop, and sometimes they can last a lifetime. You know, it's, it's interesting how that happens. You know, sometimes friends are maxed out on friends. They don't want any more friends because they already have enough friends. They don't have a room for another friend. So sometimes it's not personal. And we don't understand that. Why don't they like me? It isn't it. They just have enough friends. They don't need any more, you know, but this is something in common. And maybe the friendship is just, you know, you talk about your RV trips via email on the phone once in a while. And you, you connect someplace, you meet someplace for a week or a weekend you know, so it's not like it's all game on with that friendship. They're at your house every weekend. You're at their house, barbecues. That's not it. It's just having that, those people you can share the things you have in common with and maybe talking about new places. They tell you this great place you got to go, but you really don't understand how to get there. And they say, you know what? Let's go in two weeks. We'll meet you there. You know, we'll meet you at this town and you just follow us right in, you know? That's what it's about. And then it's the memories. You're going to share stories. You're going to sit by that campfire, talk about stuff, taking pictures, capturing those memories, enjoying the outdoors with people you like being around. So when you're out on the road, you know, if it's joining a group, 
join a group. If that's for you, some people don't want to be a part of a group, but try to reach out to others, you know, and you, you'll, you'll see that it changes the dynamics of RVing. You have people that are sharing something in common and these memories will last you a lifetime. So don't always just be stuck to yourself or you and your family. Try to reach out, get to know other people, and it will enhance the RV lifestyle. So I'm going to ask you to spend at least one hour this month going through some of your memories and picking out one or two and reminiscing with them with one of your friends. That will help you keep on that track of having friends, enjoying the RV, and making those memories and keeping the friendships alive. All right, now we're coming up to staying on the road. This is the section most everybody's always waiting for. Why do you want to maintain your RV? You know, it's a huge investment. You think about an RV, you spend a lot of money on it. It doesn't matter the price of it. To you, it can be a lot of money. If it was $30,000, based on your income, that could be a lot of money. If it's 200,000, 400,000, it doesn't matter. So we don't need to worry about that kind of stuff. It's a big investment, no matter how you slice it. Even if you bought a used RV, a used travel trailer, you're looking for the best deal in town and it was 5,000 bucks. Well, that's $5,000 you shelled out that could have gone towards something else. You know, maybe your mortgage, maybe something else, you know, but you put it into the RV because you want to enjoy it. So it's a big investment. It's the same with a car. They're big investments, and we have a tendency to take care of our cars. So we need to roll that over to our RV. But why do we want to take care of it beyond the investment? Well, we want to have a that RV lifestyle, the RV ready. When we want to go on a trip, it's ready. It's going to take us there. Inside of that RV is where we live. It's where we talk about our plans, with the things going on in our lives. You know, sometimes the kids open up in the RV more than they ever will at home. They're out traveling. They're not worried about these things. You know, it gets everybody's mind off the everyday problems. So RVs are absolutely great to have. You know, it's a wonderful way to travel. Even if you stay local, you're just staying within a 200-mile radius of your home or 100 miles, but you're going to different places. It just helps you to let your hair down and relax. So you want to maintain that RV. See, it's not just the investment. The investment's a big portion of it, but it's everything else that's built into it or that becomes part of it. So the maintain maintenance, you know, of course, is the RV. That's what we're talking about. All your family problems, you know, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> the family you maintain at a different level. You know, you maintain the relationships at a different level. The RV is its own thing. It's its own entity that you have to maintain. So when you think about it, you want it to be in good shape from top to bottom. You want it to be in the best shape it can be. So when you are using it, the memory is not always of dad running to town, buying a part to fix the RV. The memory is not of dad on the side of the road, struggling with the axles because a leaf spring broke. You know, the memory is not of mom handing dad tools and him yelling at her because he's frustrated. That's not what we want to do. Because <laughs> that happens, right? And those things will happen. Even no matter, no, how, no matter how well you plan, things will happen. But when you keep them to a minimum, that's not part of the everyday memory-making process. <laughs> so maintaining the RV from top to bottom is 
it's critical to really enjoying it. And, you know, so that's this podcast, you know, I talk about all the different things, you know, the roof, the undercarriage, um, the sidewalls, the, you know, the tires, the, the, you know, everything it's all covered, but I'm putting the, your hands that you're going to maintain these systems and you have to look at them as I've talked about in past in like a compartmentalized fashion where everything relating to the refrigerator would be in one compartment, everything related to a slide room would be another compartment. And so in doing this, you know, it can sound overwhelming, like, wow, that's a lot to do. But in the previous episode, we talked about spending an hour a month, you know, just looking at your RV, trying to stay up on maintenance or approximately an hour. So it's setting goals, you know, trying to set a goal for this is what I'm going to do this month. Next month, I'm going to do that. If your RV has a lot of problems because you've neglected it, then you're going to have to set some goals to stay on, get on top of it and get that investment back in shape. Get it to where the family likes going out in it. You know, have you ever been in an RV or has your RV ever been in this shape where it seems like every trip, you know, someone turns on a water faucet, it doesn't sh- turn off. There's a problem. You know, you go to turn on the furnace, it doesn't work. You know, the water's leaking out the floor. You go outside and there's water leaking through the floor. Oh, that's just a water leak. I forgot about that. You know, the, the, the holding tanks are leaking, you know, there's sewage draining on the ground, you know, well, it's not that bad of a leak. We'll just put a bucket underneath there and empty it every hour. You know, is that your, your RV trip? Is that your RV? (laughs) Hopefully not, but there are RVs like that out there, but you guys are the smart RVers. So you're not going to let your RV be like that. You want it to be in tip top shape. Now, sometimes we can't afford to always have it in the best shape we'd want, but we want to do everything we possibly can to keep it, you know, where it's, it's a fun place to be, not a death trap or it's just the problem machine, you know, and you tell the family, we're going to go on a trip this weekend and they all start running into the other room. (laughs) You got problems, you know? So it's, it's looking at the RV, taking it a section at a time. You know, I always say things like that, you know, it's, it's biting off what you can handle. Don't bite off more than what you can chew. So keeping it in shape. So maybe you're going to need to write this down, get a little uh, list going, um, you know, a schedule of what to check and when. You know, an hour a month might afford you the time to check out everything you need to check out on your RV. Every RV is a little bit different. You might decide, you know, everything underneath the floor line is good for the next six months. I'm not looking there. You know, you might decide everything above the floor line up to the ceiling is not as good. So I'm going to check that monthly. Everything from the ceiling up is in great shape. I just redid it all. So you can rotate that, but look at everything. You know, quite often it's the bigger things that catch our eyes, like an air conditioner, a refrigerator, maybe the tires. You see a fender skirt that's broken and you know, you put on that new fender skirt and you think, wow, I'm done. I've maintained my RV. (laughs) You know, you go in the house, Hey honey, come out and look at the refrigerator or the new fender skirt. They're like, awesome. Oh yeah. It looks brand new. Well, it's not, you just put a fender skirt on everything else is still old. So you have to look beyond that. And sometimes we get caught up with what we just did and think, wow, what a difference. You know, it reminds me of remodeling a house one time where I had all the walls stripped down in in one of the rooms Mm -hmm. down to the studs. (laughs) So there's studs and wire. And so I got busy with stuff and it kind of got put off for a little while. And so then, Uh 
you know, finally one day I got the wiring redone and put up the drywall. I'm like, wow, doesn't that look awesome? Uh, doesn't it look so much better than it did before it's just drywall man (laughs) you know my mind though i was done with the room you Uh, know or at least i bought six more months or something but you know that's the point sometimes we do something and it it, maybe in our mind we think is awesome but it's not you know we put on that brand new fender skirt but the rest of the rv still needs to be waxed and brought up to snuff you know or the other side is broken so I'm just saying, you know, stay on top of this stuff. Otherwise, it will be on top of you, and it can seem hopeless to get out of it. And then if you're a do-it-yourselfer, you might find yourself taking it to a shop and spending thousands of dollars to get repairs done that you could have done yourself. And that's the whole point of doing things yourself, you know, is when you finally get to the, you know, that you can maintain it to keep it off of you. But there are times where you might say, hey, I just can't do this. I'm going to take it to a shop, and that's okay. Because you have saved so much money on doing things yourself to pay somebody to do it once, something that's out of your uh, wheelhouse, that's all right. Because actually you've put that money away and you're just spending money you've saved, you know. It might not feel that way, but that's really what it is, Mm -hmm. you know. I mean, I do everything myself, so occasionally I don't mind paying somebody. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, I do because they always do it wrong, never up to my my standards. (laughs) Just ask my wife. So, you know, just... From top to bottom, you want to keep the RV in shape, and especially the water leaks. Really look at water leaks, and I focus on that. I bring that up a lot because water leaks cause so much damage, and so many people don't understand how much damage they cause, and sometimes you can't see it. You know, it's like the silent killer. All of a sudden, one day, the ceiling just has a hole in it, and it's been leaking for months or years, something that could have been taken care of, but it's ignored. So, you know, if you're really going to spend time on something, spend time on the roof. Make sure that it is watertight. In fact, in the store, we get people that come in, hey, I just got this used RV, you know, and you go out and look at it, and the ceiling, you know, you can tell there's water damage. You touch it. You don't touch it hard because you know your finger will go through it. And, you know, they think they got this great deal, and what they got was something that just is on the verge of falling apart because there's been so many water leaks. So the person who they bought it from did not maintain the RV, you know, in their mind, they might have thought they were doing something, but at the end of the day, it wasn't maintained properly at all. So maintaining your RV, it's a huge investment, but beyond that, it's a place for you and your family to get away and enjoy each other's company, enjoy the time that you have in this great out in the great outdoors. There's a lot of things to see in the United States. So that's why you want to maintain your RV, the investment, not only in it, but the investment in your family. So it's a great way to have a good time together, and it can also be a good routine for everybody to get into to work together as a family and maintain it. So now, if you have any questions about a project you're working on, any kind of project, you know, you can call me at 406-961-8688, or you can email me at eric at the smartrver.com. That's E-R-I-C at the smartrver.com. You know, a lot of times just getting a, a, a second opinion, a third opinion can make the difference in that comfort zone of whether you really want to take on the project or not. I know for me it can be that way. Sometimes just talking to somebody else, bouncing some things off of them can be the difference whether I want to do it or not. So feel free to reach out to me. I'm more than willing to help. A lot of people do, and it's great because they they continue to be the do-it-yourselfer and save that money. All right, so now 
we are going to Whitefish, Montana. Boy, we're spending a lot of time in Montana lately. (laughs) (laughs) So, Alexis, Whitefish, Montana. Mm -hmm. Have you been there? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So, Alexis has been around all these places in Montana that are cool, it sounds like. Boy, I'm jealous. (laughs) All right. Well, you grew up here, right? Yeah, I did. All right. So, she's a cheater (laughs) or a local. So, Whitefish, Montana, what put it on the map? It is a famous ski town. So, if you're into that sort of thing, that's where you want to (laughs) go. There's a mountain. It's Big Mountain. Um, That's where the little ski resort is up there. Yeah. Okay. So, it's a ski town. It's Mm -hmm. called, and Big Mountain is a ski resort, I take it. Yep. That's right. All right. So, you can go skiing at Big Mountain in Whitefish. Mm -hmm. All right. So a ski town, that pretty much um, tells you what it's all about, right? Pretty much, yeah, kind of. (laughs) From my experience, one ski town is the same as the next almost. Maybe. Sometimes it depends on the uh, incomes in the area. Sure. You know, whether it's more affluent, but they're all kind of the same. Yeah. They attract the same people. I don't mean that derogatory. It's just the same thing. Now, ski towns are cool. I always like them um they're good places to spend money on junk oh absolutely all the little stores and stuff (laughs) always places to eat (laughs) yep there's ski towns you're gonna spend money that's what makes them so cool (laughs) but um beyond snow skiing what is there to do in whitefish well like you said with spending money there there are several (laughs) pretty cool shops one being the toggery that is like anything that you could think of that you need for for having gear in montana Clothing wise, you can go there. Uh, They're also kind of famous for their really nice thrift shops because, like you said, it's kind of an affluent area. So the clothes are really nice. <laughs> um, yeah, those are okay. a couple, couple things. So the Toggery has all the little hardware things for hiking, backpacking, little chrome hooks and sure. levers <laughs> and latches and stuff. And yeah. <laughs> all right. So if you like all that little knickknack stuff, like I do, and that's a place to go, I wouldn't buy anything, but it's just cool seeing it all. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So the toggery, I'm going to have to keep that in mind, okay. put that on my list here. So there's swimming and kayaking and bicycling and all that kind of stuff. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Whitefish Lake is uh, really close to the town, obviously, and you can go do all those things there. All right. Perfect. Um, what about eating? Is, is there a place that happens to serve crepes there? <laughs> it's funny. You should ask that. <laughs> Actually, yes. It's called Amazing Crepes, and it is amazing. <laughs> you can get savory ones. You can get sweet ones. It's, yeah, you're going to want to go there. It's delicious. You know, if you've never had a crepe before... Um, they are actually pretty good. They are. <laughs> I had one in Arizona and it got me hooked on them. Oh yeah. And the guy who left, it was a mobile crepe guy, a little French guy. It was hilarious, oh, but, nice. uh, <laughs> man, they were good. And that was one of those types of foods that I just ignored my entire life, Yeah. but they are good. Mm-hmm. So if you're ever someplace with selling crepes, you got to try it. If you've never had one, you gotta, yeah. <laughs> All right. So I'll bet there's a pizza place there. There sure is. Uh, Mackenzie River is kind of a chain throughout Montana, but they have amazing pizza, so that's a good option. All right, very good. So there's definitely places to eat. Um, now, what about staying there as an RVer? As an RVer, there's a couple places. Um, Whitefish RV Park, there's Mountain RV Park, and then there's Whitefish State Park, which you can take your RV into. Okay, perfect. And there's, of course, motels, hotels, and all the other stuff there for yeah everybody else very nice ones yep 
Okay, so it sounds, again, like Montana just has so much, but we know there's other places, possibly in the United States, that are as good as this. No, maybe not. <laughs> yeah, no, maybe not. <laughs> no, Montana has great places. You know, Montana is very unique. Um, even when you go to Idaho, it's similar, but it's just not the same. Yeah, yeah. You know, you cross, like you go to Utah, and it's completely different. Oh, you yeah. know, it's like a gradual you know, go through Idaho, Utah, you gradually get out of Montana. You can tell when you're out of Montana, mm-hmm. but it's places like this that are definitely family friendly where, you know, it's not just, you don't have to be a snow skier to go there. I guess is the point, right? It's for everybody. And there's so much to do. And it seems like everywhere you go in Montana, it can become a base camp to go out from there and do things on day trips yeah. and stuff, you know, yeah, absolutely. And that's, what's nice. And so, you know, being the smart RVer, trying to take advantage of all this and making memories. Montana's a great place, but it doesn't matter where you're at. You know, there's always things to do. You know, when I lived in Arizona, you know, is it's the opposite of Montana. It's hot all the time. You know, there's no rain, there's no moisture, but there's a million things to do there. Sure. You know, yeah. it's just a different environment, but there's all sorts of things to do there. So you find yeah. yourself keeping busy in that type of stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Out in the desert, there's mines everywhere. There's ghost towns. You know, it's just a different feel, but there's always things to do. Yeah. So wherever you're at, it doesn't seem to matter. There's always something to do. And so Alexis will keep making the next stop sections of the show and bringing up more information for everybody to take advantage of. And you can go to the smartrver.com, the next stop section, and you'll be able to see the articles that we're producing to whet your appetite for your next RV vacation. So now if you own an RV, you're listening to the show, right? Well, if you own an RV, you also have, well, you might have RV envy, or you might be envy, or you can create an RV where everybody's envious of yours, the problem-free RV, the, the best-looking RV, the one with all the high-end stuff. Everything you buy for it is the best. Mm-hmm. Well, Dinosaur Electronics is a product like that. It's the best. And Dinosaur Electronics, if you're not familiar with them, or maybe you've never heard that name, Dinosaur Electronics, maybe you've heard Dinosaur, Dinosaur Boards. They make circuit boards for RVs, and they all have a a warranty. It's two or three years, and they make furnace boards, water heater boards, and some circuit boards for refrigerators. And they have test equipment that most RV shops buy and use. But their products are excellent. You know, they work so well. I've never had one that's bad out of the box. I've never heard of a customer doing a warranty claim. So Dinosaur Electronics, if you need a new circuit board for your RV, ask for Dinosaur Electronics. Tell them you want a dinosaur board. Everybody will know what you're talking about, and I think most RV stores in the United States carry their products. We carry both. We carry Dinosaur and the original equipment made by Atwood, Suburban, whoever. Dinosaur Electronics sometimes are a little bit more, but they're well worth the money. And here's one of the best things about that company, too. They've been around for a long time but they are super friendly. If you have a problem with your refrigerator, let's say your, your, your eyebrow board's not working and you don't know why, just call them up. Have the model of your refrigerator uh, ready, have the model number, call them up, explain your problem to them, and they will help you diagnose it. And if they have the right circuit board, they will sell it to you. If they don't, they will tell you what board you need, and then you can just go to an RV store and get the board that you need. But they are willing to do that. In fact, they encourage that. They like to help people. 
And I think, you know, the reason why is to make sure you buy the right product. It helps them sell you the right product. You know, you're not just buying stuff, trying it. Cause if you buy that new dinosaur board, you put it in, it doesn't solve the problem. You might want to blame it on them when really the board wasn't the issue. So they want to bypass all that. They want to keep their reputation strong and good. So if you have a problem, give them a call. They're very, very friendly. And there's not too many companies like that anymore. Now, of course, here at the Smart RVer and Highway 93 RV, we are like that. Mm-hmm. We like people calling us. Mm-hmm. We get people calling all the time, don't we, Alexis? Oh, yeah. All yes. day, every day. Oh, yeah, definitely. So we're known for that, and we and we appreciate when other companies are the same way, and that's why we're promoting them. And, you know, we sell their products, but, you know, we don't get any extra for talking about them. It's just they're a great company, so you got to check them out if you need a circuit board. And also, if you're having an event you know, you're an escapee, you're having an event or a group or whatever, you need a public speaker, I am available for that. So if you need public speaking or a public speaker, I can do that. So if you have an event, it'll the information's on the website at thesmartrver.com. So you can check that out. Go anywhere in the United States, no problem. All right, so this is Eric Stark with the Smart RVer Podcast. I want to thank everybody for listening today. It's been a great show. It's actually been a little shorter than normal. Didn't spend as much time on a couple sections, but nonetheless, packed full of information. So it's been great hanging out with you again. And if I don't see you on the road, let's connect at thesmartrver.com. <laughs>